This is the Friday, February 23, 2024 version of the market analysis segment from market to market. Low demand, strong production, and growing conditions in much of South America, and even oversold concerns, played on the trade. For the week, the nearby wheat contract added 13 cents, while March corn lost 17 cents. Despite sparks of higher prices, a lack of exports held back the soy complex. The March contract plummeted 39 cents and March meal fell 14.10 per ton. March cotton expanded by $1.53 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, March class 3 milk futures went up 42 cents. The livestock market was higher. April cattle added 35 cents. March feeders strengthened 355 and the April lean hog contract improved $1.97. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index decreased by 34 ticks. April crude oil shed $1.60 per barrel. Comex gold increased $23.50 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index lost more than two points to settle at $5.52.80. Joining us now, regular market analyst Naomi Bloom. I made, I won't say made fun of, Jeff last week with a smile when we started, but it's been hard to smile. But we're going to start with something that has been able to make you smile, wheat. How can wheat rally, given the cheap product and the surplus or the the amount that Russia is dumping on the world market right now? So what was interesting this week, we did see wheat have a little bit of a short covering rally, and it was more due to concerns about how the U.S. might put those sanctions on Russia in response to some of their... um, not nice activities that they've been doing to other people. And the, the two-year anniversary of two-year the, anniversary of the, of the war. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we saw the short covering there. Prices are on support. And the thing with wheat is that in the world, we're still not growing enough wheat to meet demand. Global carryout continues to inch lower. But yes, we are seeing Russia still cheapest wheat out there and continuing to undersell everyone else. But the wheat prices, um, especially the Chicago wheat price, has been trading sideways in about a 60 cent trading range for six months now. I think what's also interesting is that at the end of 2023, the funds were short over 100,000 contracts of wheat and very slowly they've been exiting those positions um, to where they're only about 60,000 contracts short now. So if there is actually a piece of news that can make that wheat market work higher, the funds are in a really good position to quickly respond and quickly push prices higher. And from a technical standpoint, the more a market trades in a sideways fashion, the bigger the breakout is going to be down the road. You know, we're keeping an eye on our wheat crop here in this country. It's dry in the plains. There's not a lot of rain in sight. Watching in Russia and in China, it has been really cold there. So now we're going to be watching for signs of winter kill. So it, to me, it feels like the wheat market is trying to form a bottom, but we just don't have the new specific news to get it to just finally take up and rally. How has wheat been able to shake the problems the other two commodities of corn and soybeans have been having? Uh, because last week and the week before, the two were much tied, much more tied together. Has wheat finally separated? Yeah, I think there was some spread trading going on between those commodities. And so the wheat, though, again, it's, it's the funds. It's the slow exit. Okay. It's like watching Andy on Shawshank Redemption when he's just slowly chiseling out of his cell. And then, on, you know, at the yard, he's dumping out the cell parts. That's like what the wheat market is doing, slow exiting by the funds. 
like, nobody watch what we're doing, but we're actually exiting those positions. Meanwhile, they're distracting us by the sell-off that they're doing in the corn and soybean market. So something is brewing with wheat. Something is going to be happening. Put the pin in all the Shawshank uh, gifts that are going to come. I'm going to come back to that in a moment, okay. but I need to start with a question about corn and soybeans that I think pretty much is the elephant in the room that we haven't talked about. Uh, this one comes from Matt in Iowa, and he wants to know, are we still circling the drain lower on grain, or are we close to putting the plug in the sink and perhaps bounce higher? I think the plug got put in the sink this week. We had option expiration today, Friday, with the March grains, and a lot of times prices have a tendency to gravitate lower. We're also dealing with farmers having to do price or roll with their grain contracts, basis contracts, with first notice day approaching next week. Now, the biggest thing for corn right now, two things that I'm watching. We all know that the funds have a hefty short position, but now it's at a record amount. And the last time they were short over 300,000 contracts was 2019 2020. And the thing to be aware of is that they went short their most amount, and then they stayed short for another two to three weeks, and then the slow exit began. And then finally the news occurred to get the market to respond, and then boom, we went higher. So from the fundamental standpoint, we have the funds severely short in the marketplace. Now from a technical standpoint, if you look at a continuous monthly chart, front month chart of corn futures, if you look at a continuous monthly chart of just the December corn futures, with the benefit of hindsight, there was huge pennant flag formations on those charts, which then pointed to the downside. Now, today, with March corn hitting $4, that was the downside target for the March contract. For the December corn, that pennant flag formation suggested that we go to 450 for the downside target, and we hit it today. So now, I think we're at the bottom we're gonna probably just stay here for a while, but I think the worst is behind us and now we're gonna to start to look for some news to get us to go higher. Okay, you, you wrote today a uh, similar thing, but to me, I read it as we're falling, we've stopped, but I took it that you think there's possibly more room to fall. But what you just said sounds like we might be stabilizing before going high. I think we're going to stabilize. It's, it's, we're at that point. We hit the downside targets. There were not a lot of sell stops that got triggered below the $4 level today. And so we're going to be watching now. We're going to be watching for weather in Brazil. So they've got that crop, the safrina crop, over half planted. In another month, we're going to really be watching the weather down there. We're having our farmers here, you know, thinking about contemplating they're planting pace for the spring, and is there gonna be any last minute switching of acres? The market has, in my opinion, I think we've priced in enough bearish news to last us. So think of it from an opposite perspective. If market prices were higher like they were two years ago, when we had $8 corn, all the news was bullish. All the charts were getting overbought. The funds were record long. And that was the point where you, know, you couldn't find any piece of bearish news and prices surely were gonna stay higher and then everything started to fall lower. So now we're at the opposite side of that spectrum where we've hit technical downside targets. We've got the funds with a record short position. We've priced in all the bearish news you can get. Everybody and their brother is bearish right now. So now's the time to start to be thinking proactive of like if people are making cash sales right now for whatever reason, you're gonna to wanna to be thinking about reownership opportunities because by the time the market turns around and rallies, we're already gonna be up 30 cents before we realize, oh, that was the low. So start to be thinking 
you know, both sides here where we know the news is still negative. We know it's going to be hard to see $6 corn for quite some time. But we're also, I think, at the bottom now. The three ninety nine is going to scare some people, for sure, what we closed at uh, on Friday. But let's, let's look at beans for a minute because do you see some of the same scenarios formulating around beans? Yeah, so with the beans, they hit their technical downside target lower. We're back in testing the May 2023 lows. The market's oversold. Funds are short, large amounts. So we're pricing in a lot of that negativity. So now what we're going to be focusing on for the future is the new additional demand for the renewable fuels, for the biofuels. The USDA is slow to address the growing demand that's on there. They have to take baby steps on each, on each report, but that demand is there and it's growing. We are seeing with Brazil, we know that their crop is smaller than what the USDA is saying. The USDA just has to print it. It's kind of known information for sure, but you know it's not as big as what they were saying. And here in our country, I do still think there's going to be a lot of last switch for acreage because when you look at how the cotton price lately has just been screaming higher and is actually at the highs of 2022, now you have a cotton market that says, hey, don't forget about me. And a lot of those producers in the South might be wanting to plant cotton instead. So, so I think we're at the point where we're going to be, you know, near the low. We just got to get some news to get this market to move higher. So you're saying maybe more of the cotton story is a little more of a buying acres, not a we're out of U.S. cotton story. It's a lot of things. It's low ending stocks. It's that the acres are lower than years past and they need to increase those acres. The export demand has been pretty solid. And actually, when you look at the global economy, you know, it's not perfect, but people are still buying things. They're buying clothes. So that demand is there. And there wasn't perfect weather in portions of India and China last year. So there were needing to be relying on some imports. So cotton does have an underlying friendly story. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have cotton prices up near 95. I mean, we haven't seen that again since 2022. And the funds, they had been just four weeks ago short like 2,000 contracts in cotton, and now they're long over 70,000 contracts just in four weeks' time. They switched it around. So um, there's some, I think, some acre switching happening that the market needs to wake up about. March class three milk up two and a half percent this week. A harbinger of more to come? Um, we had a milk production report this week, and it showed that production was down 1.1 percent. This is the seven month, seventh month in a row that milk production has been down. And domestic demand for cheese, domestic demand for milk is just kind of constant. What's been nice is that the global dairy trade auction has had increases like the, sacks, the, the past six weeks. So there is some supportive news there. The front month class three milk futures are up near the $18 level with some of the summer months near $19. So it's been a wonderful recovery amount. We have 76,000 less dairy cattle than a year ago. So, I mean, we are seeing lower production in general. So that's supportive under the market. I'm not sure what is going to be coming in the future. A lot of it depends on are these production numbers going to stay low or are now our milk prices high enough that they start to produce more milk again. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but it's there. The one thing to keep in mind is that the class three milk prices are up near a short term resistance area. So they're going to need some new additional friendly news for prices to go through that. Or we might see a little bit of a pullback, but overall the, the fundamentals have shifted to a little bit more supportive. Cattle on feed came out uh, Friday afternoon. Um, 
couple of numbers stood out to me, but I'm just a person who asks questions. What did you see in the report? So the on-feed number was expected near the 100%. The placement number, mm -hmm. they were looking for a lower number, like closer to 88, and it came out near 93%. So that's going to weigh on the market on Monday. Uh, the marketed number came out pretty much as expected near 100%. Uh, with the cattle prices and the feeder cattle prices, you know, they've had a nice recovery rally here in 2024, gaining back a lot of the losses from late 2023. So now the question is, you know, we know this, the story is friendly for cattle. <clears throat> we know that the supplies are still tight going forward, but I don't think that today's report was enough to justify any additional push higher next week. Oh. I feel like it's going to be, you know, enough to justify prices where they are, but to me there wasn't anything over the top friendly about it. So we'll see if we see a little profit taking next week. Um, that's going to be what I'm keeping an eye on. The hogs have been a story, I think, since the last time we talked, even just a month ago. Um, that's turned into a little bit of a rally, and yes, a smile. Does the smile keep going? Uh, so the hog futures prices, and when you look at charts, they're up near some major overhead resistance. They have had a wonderful run higher here. Our exports, they're not, you know, top-notch, but they're not too shabby. And we have high production numbers right now. Slaughter numbers are running high. Uh, the weights are actually a little bit lower than a year ago right now. Uh, so the demand is there, especially with the signs that the production numbers are running so high. But we're also up against this major resistance on a chart. So it's going to take over the top friendly news to get it to go higher. We're going to be watching the export markets to see if it's export news that can take it through resistance. Otherwise, you know, we might see a simple price recovery, but the hog market has been, you know, just kind of that surprise shining star in the marketplace that, you know, we had a nice rally and none of us are really looking for it. In the final seconds uh, between cattle, uh, feeders and the hogs, is there any of those, do you think all of those have maybe hit highs for the near term? Yeah, in the short term, I do. Or short term, I mean, Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, in the short term, I do. So I think that we could maybe see a little bit of profit taking next week. But again, the underlying fundamentals still supportive, so I'm not looking for anything like a crash and burn. Thank you, Naomi Bloom. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Thank you so much for your time and insight, Naomi Bloom. And I want you to hold there for a moment because we are going to pause in this analysis and continue our discussion about these markets in our Market Plus segment. You can find both analysis and plus on our website of markettomarket.org. Many of the stations that carry this program may be changing when we are on your TV because of their annual pledge drives. If you believe in the service that you have trusted for nearly five decades, consider investing in your local public TV station to keep programs like this one in production. We thank you for your support. Next week, we look at the ticking clock on the resolution over water. Thank you so much for watching and have a great week.